You are listening to You Heard It Here Second, episode 48. The podcast is produced every Monday night and airs every Tuesday morning. More information can be found on our website, DerekAndSteve.com. Jerry Jones, give me your thoughts. Jerry Jones getting the in the bathroom stalls? I mean, this guy's a legend. Derek and Steve present... Should I give him the easiest hint of all time? Sure. All right. I'm going to give you the easiest hint of all time, <laughs> also known as the crime dog. The crime dog? What? That, that's the easiest hint of all time? <laughs> you know you know who needed to be kind of more prominent in the movie? Let was me guess. Ne- was Nemo. Nemo. Yeah, Nemo had like two like, Nemo's lines. like not in the movie. Marlon's the main, the main clownfish in the movie, again. And like he shouldn't be. Once they found Nemo, like Marlon should go continue to be a bad parent and like yeah. be somewhere else. You heard it here second. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 48 of You Heard It Here Second. I'm Derek alongside Steve. Steve, for the first time ever, I'm telling the truth when I say good morning. Good to morning, the Derek. Yes, so, and happy new year. Happy new year. This is so, our first episode in 2017. This is our first episode in 2017. And we're trying something new. We're trying something new. We're recording. This is the morning. This is Tuesday. This is Tuesday. We don't we're, have to be like, oh, well, when you see this tomorrow, it's, it's Tuesday morning. It's today. Like, yes. we're going to do this and then we're going to share it with you. So. Yeah, so so here we are. It's it's about six forty-five in the morning. We are doing our first morning podcast. Um, I've got my tea. Derek's got his work clothes on, ready to go. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah. So good morning, happy new year, everyone. Thanks for joining us again for another year. Um, Derek, what's your New Year's resolution? Well, that's our final drives. Okay. So let's skip them. Let's right, skip them. Skip them. Um, so we'll do those at the end. Uh, so we'll start with the BC update. Uh, also, like we said, we're going to fly through this one. We're today. crushing it. We're, we're tired. We have no games. <laughs> we're tired. We, it's, we're kicking off the new year really strong. Um, so uh, number one topic is the BC update. So let's get to it. Uh, actually, a good BC update today. This is the first time in a little while that we have an overwhelmingly positive BC update. Yeah, this is pretty great. So uh, if we start with Boston College winning its bowl game. Now, uh, this turned from a, uh, t- so to brief everyone, Boston College beat Maryland in the Quick Lane Bowl in Detroit uh, the day after Christmas, 36-30. to 30. Um, So this, this kind of downgraded from what was overwhelmingly positive to just positive uh, because they, it, it was 36-13 to 13 in the third quarter. And it was like, this is the best thing ever. BC is destroying Maryland. They looked phenomenal. They were playing great defense. They were playing great offense. And both of those kind of sputtered towards the end, but they held on for the win. What, what, were your ta- what was your takeaway so from the bowl game? So it was the strangest Boston College game I've <laughs> yes. ever witnessed. We had an, an amazing offensive performance and a, a pretty bad defensive performance, which is the exact opposite of what we're used to. Um, I, I liked the BC offense. Uh, I think the DP, the BC defense played all right. Um, they gave up a lot of big plays. They, I, they made big plays. Too. They, they made were big, all plays. big plays. Basically. Exactly. It was weird. So so I looked it up. The ter- um, the Terrapins scored touchdowns, sixty two yards, thirty yards, sixty three yards, and fifty two yards. Yeah, so huge we were plays. we were getting demolished on big plays. Mm-hmm. And and I know at the end of games, coaches like to say, "You take away the big play, we're, we win by two touchdowns. You take away this, you take away that, we win by two touchdowns." So. You take away four big plays, Derek. We we crush <laughs> thirty six nothing. Yeah, but you can't take away those plays. Uh, it's something to improve on. But overall, awesome to win a bowl game. I didn't know I was going to be that excited winning. Yeah. Um, it's nice to, I don't know, to come out on the the winning end of of something yeah. like that after after a pretty disappointing season. So uh, I'm happy overall with with the play. And uh, I know you have got some thoughts on yeah. Adazio's <laughs> halftime. <laughs> well. Uh, what, what did he oh, say? Oh, Come oh in. so yeah, yeah. So I, I don't remember the exact quote. Uh, some of our friends were joking about it, but at halftime, 
going toward the locker room, they asked him basically like, how are you keeping, you know, your offense is playing great. Like, how are you balancing things out? And, and he's like, you know, you know, we're mixing it up with a lot of good outside runs, inside runs, option runs, and even some trick plays in there. <laughs> and so he basically rattles off three or four different running schemes. And then calls and then passing trick tri- play. Yeah, and the throw game is, is the trick play. Um, no, but in all seriousness, they did run a pretty effective trick play for a touchdown. Uh, Patrick Tolles, I read that he became, he was the first uh, quarter ACC quarterback to have a touchdown pass and reception in a bowl game in like 15 years. Wow. Which is kind of surprising because you know, uh, there's been a lot of athletic quarterbacks in the ACC. Um, but so uh, that said, Pat, thank God Patrick Tolles is no longer the BC quarterback. Um, he, yeah. play, he played relatively well in this game. Uh, he made some good throws for sure, but uh, I'm very happy he's no longer a quarterback. <laughs> yeah, that was a, a fail. I want I don't want to say failed experiment because was, we went we got a we had a winning season and we won a bowl game. It's about so. as close to a failure as it can be while being a te- technically a success. Yeah. So overall, I think we should do a, a BC preview when it's closer to next yeah, season. Oh yeah, and talk yeah. about recruits and all that. But um, to finish off the season, I, I mean, you have to root for bowl win. That's what you have yeah. to do. Although. It does mean Adazio's job safe. Right. Brad Bates' job is probably safe. Maybe. I'm not sold Maybe on not. that yet. But, um, but this late this late push of success is, is uh, we we've had a feeling for a while Bates would be let go. His contract's up. That's the thing. It's it won't be a firing. It would be a we're not renewing you. Good. So so it's easier that way. I think if they had to fire him, it would become harder now with BC winning a bowl game and, as we're going to get to, BC basketball looking like it might have some potential or at least showing that it's improved a little bit. So it would be a little higher, uh, harder to fire him uh, in that situation if you're the administration. Just choosing not to renew him, I think, is a little easier. So And, and what, what you mentioned, why it will be harder to, I guess, fire him if he had to, but you're right, I think he may be released. But BC basketball beats Syracuse, wins its ACC game. The elusive ACC win yeah. we've been looking for. We searched for it all last year. They get it in their ACC opener this year. Um, they blow out Syracuse. Now, Syracuse is not this year. I, I don't think Syracuse is what they have been in years past, but they're still a top-notch program. You know, they're, they're still a great uh, program in college basketball, and BC obliterates them. I believe it was 90. I don't remember what the final score was. It was 90, 90-something to 60-something at one point at least. Um, you know, huge performance from BC's backcourt. Uh, Jerome Robinson and Kai Bowman apparently is a, is a legit backcourt from what we're seeing. Um, so this is not the Syracuse team we've, we've no. seen in the past. So this is a very average Syracuse team, but still to get an ACC win against a, a not like a scrub ACC team, yeah. it, it feels very good. And, and although we've lost to some crappy, crappy teams. Yeah, well, that's the thing. So we are very uh, hot and cold. So it's, yeah. it's going to be interesting. And then we are young. We can use the young yeah. excuse. Like right. you said, so we'll we'll kind of see how the season develops. This is not a we're not going to win the no, <laughs> national no. tournament this year. No, but 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 I mean, you put together a good season in the ACC, you have a chance to be a fringe team. I think being a fringe team is a big success for BC this year. If if they're a fringe, if they're a team that's even mentioned at tournament time, I think it's a success because of what they went through last year. I just want to make the tournament. Really, me too. Me too. It's I been mean, a long time, and it's certainly not out of the question. I mean. You could have a poor showing before conference schedule, and if if you play great in your conference, and especially in a conference like the ACC, you have a chance to make the tournament. Um, BC will have an opportunity if they keep playing like this. Now that's that's the question because they're very inconsistent, and unlike the Adazio excuse, they actually are very young. So so I'll actually <laughs> give them that. Um, but but yeah, I, I mean you know the I guess the one silver lining if you're looking at this is that uh, we did lose to some really crappy teams, but we've beaten now Providence and Syracuse in the last few games. 
um, which are good wins. And so, you know, uh, you can at least cling to as an optimist the idea that they have worked out some of those issues that they had against Nichols State. And yeah. I mean, I, the, the what was it, two, the, either the game before that or two games before that, they lost to Fairfield. Yeah, so right. I don't want to say they worked out any kinks, yeah. but they're beating Syracuse by 30 is definitely something to build on. Yeah, so I'm sure. happy with that. Our, it's better than our team's played for the past two years, so yeah. I'm totally fine yeah. with, with this win and, yeah. and kind of putting that in the back pocket. Cool. So last BC topic, Frozen Fenway, is this weekend, BC versus Providence uh, at Fenway Park. So that should be a good one. Yeah. Um, I, we don't know if we're going or not. Uh, we talked about going. Depends on how cold it is. Yeah. It was yeah. so cold. And Yeah, it depends what ticket prices year. end up being towards the as it gets closer. I feel like they won't be too bad. Um, I think more the the temperature and the weather. I guess if it's raining or snowing, yeah. it wouldn't be as enjoyable either. But if it's a nice if it's a nice day, not too too frigid, it's a nice atmosphere yeah. there, like we and said if, before. If you haven't been to Frozen Fenway, it's a really cool experience. Um, it's a good it's a good reason to get out and day drink in the cold yeah. and, and stick around Fenway, which we never do. So it's it's a cool it's a cool event. I yeah. mean, it's not spectacular. It's kind of cold, and it's just hockey outdoors. But yeah, but if you haven't been there, it's, it's cool to it, see. It. And it's really easy to do. It's probably not too expensive. Right, right, for sure. So, uh, so that's that. Anything else you want to add on BC? I'm done. That's a good update. That's the yeah. best update we've probably ever up. had. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> fully sports and fully positive, which yeah. is very rare. Um, okay, so like we said, today is a, a shorter edition, so we're not doing any games today. Uh, so we will jump to a total total change of subject now. We'll go to sports, which is totally different than what we've been talking about. Um, <laughs> this is pro sports. This is pro sports, and actually, and college sports. <laughs> All right, so it's just <laughs> so This is non-BC sports. Um, so let's start with the NFL. Uh, the Bucks are eliminated. Uh, unfortunately, they had a huge set of scenarios that needed to happen on Sunday, and a good number of them came close, but... Uh, and, you know, it didn't end up working out. It's it's really a heartbreaker, as you mentioned. I'll let you talk about it. That in the NFL, it comes down to which games you win sometimes, not how many you win, because there's so many teams that are at 9-7, and seven, you know, type of record. Yeah, I read an article. I mean, I'm a, if you guys have been listening, I'm a huge Bucks fan, obviously. And I am not that, like, any other team would be extremely disappointed for not making the playoffs. Bucks haven't made the playoffs since 2008, haven't won a game since 2002. So just having a winning season is is very. I, I'm happy. Like I get to be proud of my team and not have to watch, not ha- really have to pay attention to the draft because the first ten picks are the ones they focus yeah. on. So I'm really happy that the Bucks had a good season, something to build on. Like I, so, I will say I read an article. It doesn't. The Bucks. Everyone said, "Oh, you win one more game, you make the playoffs." The Bucks just had to win a different game. If they lost to the Cowboys and lost to the Saints and lost to the Panthers to, to end the season, if they had beaten the Rams earlier in the season and finished nine and seven with a different win, they would have they would have made the playoffs. And it's just because the, the tiebreakers go down to strength of victory or strength of competition. Right. Um, and unfortunately the Lions beat them out on the tiebreaker. So very happy with the Bucks. Um, defense looked amazing all for the for the last half of the year. We were the best defense in the league and that's what I grew up watching. We we won the Super Bowl with a great defense, so it's it's something for me to be happy about. Get a few pieces on offense, and I think it's weird to talk about the Bucks being like, can't wait to make the playoffs, and then you every week talking about the Pats, like, can't wait to make the Super Bowl. So it's, it is it is what it is. We're, 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 we're trending up, I hope. Um, great season overall. That's all I'll say about yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, that's the landscape of the NFL. Uh, you know, it's, it's kind of the way it's been, especially in the AFC. I, I, I mean, I honestly believe... You know, obviously I'm biased towards the Pats, but I, I honestly don't believe that the conversation would be, you know, 
what's it going to, who are the Pats going to face in the Super Bowl? That's not the conversation if the Pats are in the NFC. I honestly, I, I don't believe it. Um, there's too many it's good true. teams in the NFC. It's uh, a, it's a I mean, pretty bad. It's a, the, the, the AFC is, is pretty weak. Um, the, uh, uh, it's, it's just a, overall, it's a weak, um, conference. The, the Patriots, uh, if you, if you look at the potential competition they have, especially the way that the cards fell for them, the Chiefs and the Steelers are going to play each other if they both win. The Patriots are going to get either the Raiders, the Texans, or the Dolphins which in are the, the first round. The three, which is probably the three easiest playoff contenders. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, for translation, that's gonna that means they either get Brock Osweiler, Matt McGloin, or Matt Moore to face as a quarterback. So in Gillette Stadium. Yeah. So uh, that's a hugely different landscape. Who than are if you you're most nervous at. about? Out of those three teams, probably, oh God, it's really tough. It's really tough to say. I mean, the Dolphins. Uh, weird. Os- I know. I know. See, so t- I'll say this: Tannehill's not a good quarterback. He's an okay quarterback. Yeah. I think Matt Moore is just as okay as yeah. Tannehill. <laughs> yeah. And I think the Dolphins usually play them pretty well. They do. The only thing is, they usually play them well in Miami. Um, they don't play them as well in New England. And the Patriots just played the Dolphins last week and 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 beat them pretty good. Yeah. So, I, so I'm. I mean, I still might say maybe the Dolphins, just because of that history, their divisional opponent. The more times you face a team, the more likely at some point you're gonna you're gonna go out and beat them. Yeah. And Matt um, McGloin, I think, had 20 passing yards. <laughs> the Raiders are just like so. So I was gonna say the Raiders because I think the Raiders still have a pretty good defense. They have some Khalil Max, a big playmaker on the defensive front for them. They got some good guys. They have talented receivers, but I mean, Matt McGloin's not getting it done for them. So. And then for Houston, Houston made the playoffs with a minus 49-point differential, which is just embarrassing. We're getting a bit ahead of ourselves. The matchups are set. It's the Raiders versus the Texans. Or I'll say Raiders at the Texans, Lions at Seahawks, Dolphins at Steelers, and Giants at Packers. I think it's obvious which game is the best, but I want to hear your opinion. Sure. So this is all the wild card round. So the best game is clearly the Giants and the Packers. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, you know, by, that will be by far the highest rated game. I wouldn't be surprised if not one person watched the Raiders at Texans. Like maybe not one person <laughs> will watch that. It's um, at, what was it? I think it's at four thirty on Saturday. I, I'm not sure. Yeah, I think sure. so. I'm not yeah. sure what the schedule is, but that sounds right. Um, one note, just a side note on that. It's still so stupid that the Texans get a home game, that any team gets a home game. The Texans had a minus 49 point differential. The Raiders went 12 and four. And they're going to Houston because the Chiefs have won a tiebreaker against them and won the division. The I think division winners should be locked in, but better record should get a home game. Anyway, I think uh, I'm still going to take the Raiders at the Texans. I think the Texans are that bad. Um, I'm also going to take the Raiders at the Texans. So I think the Texans are that bad. I think I think a team that makes the playoff and benches their starting quarterback because they're so bad. But then he has to go back in because because the, the bad because the <laughs> second person gets hurt. Yeah is a terrible football team. Yeah. You can't win anything like that. So Raiders. Yeah. I'm I Raiders, think the Raiders yeah. still have the swag they need. They do. They're, they're, they're a good team. The Raiders they're a good, are a good team. team. They suffered an unfortunate setback yeah. and they're still a very good team. And I don't think I love Derek Carr and I don't want to say he's overrated, but it's a good team. It's yeah. not just Derek it Carr is. ripping these. The problem is I don't think they have a good backup. They, uh, they don't even have an average backup. Yeah, exactly. Um okay, next Lions at Seahawks. What do you got? I'm going to take the Lions. I think the Seahawks are not that good this year. They kind of limped into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, they lost some really bad games. Their offense is not what it used to be. Although the Lions aren't that good either. I think they've got a more high-powered offense than the Seahawks do they, right now. They do, for sure. I, I Really, I think if this game was in Detroit, I would take Detroit. Because I agree, I don't think Seattle's that good. I think at home, Seattle will take care of business. They are weaker than they have been in the past, but... 
I'm going to take Seattle with their home field advantage in that one just because I don't know if Detroit has the mental fortitude to go in there mm-hmm. and win. Uh, and they don't have any superstar playmakers, really. They just have kind of an efficient offense. Matt Stafford, Matt Stafford's pretty good. I, I mean, he's probably one of the more overlooked quarterbacks in the league. I think he's still, got, he's still a really good quarterback if you put a good team around him. But uh, I don't think that the Lions have what it takes to go into Seattle and win. So uh, next one, Dolphins at Steelers. I'm going to go Steelers. Yeah. I think the Steelers just have the experience and the Dolphins don't have a quarterback. Um, yeah. Other than that, I think both teams kind of had under underwhelming seasons. Do- yeah. Dolphins, I think, overperformed a bit. The Steelers underperformed. Mm-hmm. But it's, I mean, this is a dumb one. I don't really even want to watch that game. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to pick Steelers to win. Yeah, Steelers, I think, had a, they had a flashy fantasy season. You know, Antonio mm-hmm. Brown, Le'Veon Bell, yeah. superstar performances all year. But as a team... You know, they did kind of underperform. I'm still going to take the Steelers in this game. I, I At Heinz Field, I just think that they'll put it together offensively and be too much for the Dolphins. I, I would see this game being kind of a shootout. I don't think either team has a great defense, um, and I don't think the Dolphins can hang in a shootout. So I'm going with the Steelers. Uh, uh, and, the, and the final game, I'm excited to hear your, your take, is the Giants at Packers. Yeah, so this is, like we said, definitely the best game. This is a Giants defense that's been phenomenal for most of the second half of this season versus a Packers offense that has been phenomenal for the last seven or eight weeks. Um, again, home field is a, it might be swaying it for me here because I think this matchup is so close. Um, I'm going to take the Packers. I, the Packers have been probably the most impressive team, at least, yeah, I think they've been the most impressive team in the league over the last seven or eight weeks. Because of what they were midseason, it was like, this is a bad team. I, I watched the Packers, and I was like, this team isn't even good anymore. They were but a bad like, team. I was reading, and I was reading uh, articles on... Um, what the Bucks needed to happen about five, six weeks in, and one of the things was the Packers don't get hot, and I was like, that's <laughs> stupid. They're they're back three games. Yeah, they're, they're they're playing like crap. Yeah, lo and behold, yeah, first wild card seed. They and, get hot. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I mean, so and actually they won the division. They they ended up winning, they they even got all the way back up in that last game against the Lions gave them the division over over oh, the Lions. Yeah. So shoot. and that's why they're at home against the Giants, despite I think the Giants having. A better record. I think the Giants won eleven and five. But um, so yeah, so so Giants at Packers again. This will be a really close game, I think. But you know, I, I just think the way Aaron Rodgers is playing right now, I think the Packers have a good shot to go at least to the NFC Championship game with the way that they've been playing lately, and, and they've been there before. It's a team that you don't want to be hot at this time of year. Yeah, I kind of agree with you that the home field might make it, but given that it's the best game of the of the playoffs, mm-hmm. I'll or at least the wild card round, I'll take the Giants because I, I feel like we should have some disparity yeah. there. Yeah. And it's close. I know you don't want the Giants to, to win. <laughs> that's, that's true. You don't like, want either of these teams to win, but someone's got to win. You know, yeah, uh, yeah, you're right. And, and this is this is the silly. This is what this is what the Giants have done to me. Is that out of these two teams, which one should I be more scared of facing in the Super Bowl? It should definitely be the Packers that I'm more scared of. No, I mean, the, in reality, like in a vacuum, yes, not right. Well, that's what I mean. <laughs> uh, I just mean based on history. It's like it's now I've learned. It's like the Giants have the blueprint. And, our, and our Giants friends are going to call him Three Lie if he wins for the, <laughs> for the rest of his life. That's true. That's true. He just needs one more. So, mm-hmm. um, so that's that. NFL Wild Card round should be good. Uh, we will well, not really actually. <laughs> just one of the games will be good. Yeah. Um, so we'll break that down next week when we get back from that. So uh, next bowl season, quickly thoughts on how bowl season's going. Um, I'm just going to run through them. I think bowl season's been great. I love. It's my favorite time of year. Mm-hmm. I love bowl season more than I love March Madness. Um. The two best bowls, in my opinion, and this is non-bias. I, I like FSU, but I think the the Florida State Michigan oh. game was unbelievable. Thirty three, thirty two, shootout, back and forth in the fourth quarter, great game. Definitely. And then 
last night, uh, Penn State USC was spectacular. Yeah, uh, these quarterbacks came out and looked really, really good. Um, this I, I don't know their names because it's USC Penn State, but the <laughs> Penn State quarterback is this like little bro. He's got like a chin, like a I think little, McSorley like is a the, chin yeah. tough. He, <laughs> like, he can, but he throws darts, and the I think they're both like either fresh like freshman or redshirt freshman, or very young. And the USC quarterback's definitely a freshman. He's got like this flowy hair. He's like totally USC. Like he's got like a dead stare, doesn't talk at all, and throws laser beams. Yeah. So it was really fun just watching them chuck the rock all day. And then came down to the final second kick to win the Rose Bowl, which is yeah. a very awesome game. So was, I'm very happy with bowl season. You heard it here, bowl is already settled. It was settled before those two yeah, games yesterday. I know. Billy Giff wins with five. Above he right now he he had twenty five right or twenty twenty five right? and the next closest had twenty two right, um and there was no way of catching yeah, we, him with with the matchups yeah we we just went through and calculated him losing the rest of his games and he still won so therefore he is already the winner so congratulations congrats, congrats, congrats Billy Giff, uh taking home the title there so uh, as we know moving forward the playoff games were not that great uh, the Bama Washington game was entertaining for a little while but it just sort of slowly and methodically became sort of Alabama controlling the game towards the, in the second half. Um, so they win that game and Clemson just obliterates Ohio state, uh, in a game that, you know, we didn't actually watch too closely. Uh, we sort of monitored, didn't but have to. didn't really have to. And, and from what I read, Ohio state looked pretty bad and didn't really show up in that game, which raised a lot of people complaining that Penn state wasn't there and blah, blah, blah. But, so um, it, I'm, I'm very happy Clemson beat Ohio state. I hate urban Meyer, but I also hate Dabo Sweeney. Hmm. I, I mean, I'm conflicted because I like Clemson, yeah. and I and I, the SEC homers have made me have to root for ACC teams. Yeah. So I like rooting for Clemson to mm-hmm. win it all, but I hate Dabo Sweeney. Yeah, I don't really hate Dabo. So he, uh, th- there have been times that I, against I know. Us, so I hated him then. <laughs> I, I up hated thirty-four then. points. I know. So yeah, there there are things like that 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 agitate me. Um, but I mean, over, overall, I think I I I'm re- I don't really have much of a problem with Dabo. I think. There have been there have been enough times was, that was I look at. I'm I'm a man. I'm forty. Is that I don't Dabo? know. I don't know. Maybe he had some rant. Oh, anyway, continue. <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, it's not, I'm not a huge Dabo fan, but I I don't. He's not on my bad side, really. So, uh, so I mean, but either way, uh, based on what we've no, said, you obviously have to root for ACC in this situation when you have Bama and the way that SEC homers already treat that conference. Um, you definitely have to root for for Clemson. So. Yeah. And so moving into that game, I mean, I don't know. We, we can do some predictions, I guess. I think Clemson has a chance to beat them this year, and I put it at much higher of a chance than last year. I picked Clemson to win in the bowl pool. Yeah. I mean, I know that's kind of random when you're picking, but yeah. I think they're really good. I, 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 I agree. watched them play a lot of games this year, and I think their offense, I mean, you said the same thing about Washington's offense too when they played yeah. Alabama, but I think... I don't know. I think they've got the speed I mean, that you need to beat Alabama. Clemson's got a more physical offense, I think, to, to match up with Bama. And they also have a much more experienced quarterback, or, or, or at least experienced in this situation. Yeah. I mean, you can't underestimate that, that a lot of this Clemson team is coming back, doing this again after they did it last year. And you look at the way they treated this first-round game, it's like this team was all business, and they, it, they've clearly been here before. They yeah. went out there in the first round of the playoff. And, I mean, Ohio State had been there, too, but they went out there and just obliterated They them. know to start hot, and they yep. know not to let up, yeah. which is what exactly what you need against exactly. Alabama. Because and, and you're right, every player yeah. on Alabama walks into that game like it's any other game. Yeah. And now I think Clemson, given that they've been there before last year, yeah. is going to walk in with they're the same that, mentality. So it's going to be a, yeah. almost a pure neutral field. Yeah, it's true. And so, uh, so what's your prediction? 
I'm I mean, just, I don't know if you're going to score or not, but um, I'm going to say Clemson. Let me let me see what I Clemson over Alabama. I need to calculate my final score. Right. I know what total I All had. Right. You, you can go look up your total. I'll say I'll get, I'll go with Clemson in a relatively pretty. In, in, it's not really. It's going to be a mediocre scoring game. I think it's going to be twenty four twenty one Clemson. 24-21, they will... That's how... That was my total. 25. What? Oh, 45. Damn. damn. I, didn't, I honestly <laughs> anyway, didn't know that, so but... That's fine, because that's not what my final score is okay, going to be. Okay, cool, cool. My final score is going to be 28-17 Clemson. 28-17 Clemson. All right. Mm-hmm. Cool. So there you go. I have a slightly closer game, but uh, I'll be thrilled if Steve's right. 28-17 would be a, a two-score win for Clemson, so that'd be huge. I'm writing them down so we can remember. Perfect. That'd be good, so then we can review it later. Um, we thought about playing our... Uh, preview from last year from Bobby Mundo of Clemson, Alabama. Um, it wasn't quite as applicable as I had hoped it would be because there's a lot of player-specific references, but uh, worth repeating that Bobby Mundo last year picked Clemson, and I think you can put the house on him picking Clemson again this year. Um, he so hates Alabama so much. <laughs> he, hates, he hates Alabama a lot, So uh, and the SEC even more than Alabama. So, um, so that's that. Bowl season is going great, and uh, Clemson, Alabama should be another – very highly watched, highly rated, and hopefully exciting championship game. Uh, certainly getting our money's worth out of the championship games the last uh, two years. If you remember, last year was actually a very good game. Clemson didn't come out on top, but uh, they hung with them right, you know, all the way. So, uh, so that's that. And then the last topic here, back to the NFL briefly, is the coaching openings to find out which one is the best opening here. Yeah, so right now there's been a lot of turnover in the NFL this year. I mean, there's been a lot of bad teams and underperforming teams, so that's mm-hmm. why. So. The openings are the Broncos, the Jags, the Rams, the Chargers, the Bills, the 49ers. So there's six teams with head coach openings. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's been a lot of speculation that, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll know all this after bowl season. People will be, will be tapped imme- yep. immediately from, from college. Yeah. But I think there's been a few talks of Patricia from the Pats yep. and also Mike Smith, the Bucks defensive coordinator, mm-hmm. who was the head coach of Atlanta for, mm-hmm. for many years before he was the defensive coordinator at the Bucks, so there's yep. a lot of openings. Derek, what is the best head coach opening for you? I mean, so, I think it's pretty obvious. Yeah, I think it is too. So there's uh, what's, all, what's your top two yeah, about all, that? Yeah, okay. Also, McDaniel's for the Patriots, offensive and defensive coordinators, Josh McDaniel's and Matt Patricia are both considered candidates, and I think the 49ers have already issued a request to, to interview McDaniel's this week. Um, so th- this is obvious to me. The Broncos are the best opening there, um, especially because so not only because of the defense that's already in place, but because of the GM that's there and John Elway. He's going to get a quarterback this offseason. He's gonna he's gonna go find one. Uh, if well, so I, I shouldn't say that. So either he's going to put the plate the pieces around Trevor Simeon or um, Paxton Lynch, or what I think is more likely, I think they're gonna go trade for Tony Romo. I yeah. do. Um, John, John Elway is not a he's a football player. Yeah. He's not a he's not a football GM. Yeah. He, he's like we have the team to win. We're gonna win. Yeah. What do I need to do to win? And, and he clearly structured that team to win now when he went and got Peyton Manning and a bunch of defensive stars. You know, and he got he. He was aggressive getting wide receivers, and he was aggressive getting all the pieces around him. Um, now the the quarterback experiment didn't really work when they when they when they let Osweiler walk, and there was nobody else really available for them to go get. So they had to ride it out with the quarterbacks they had. They still almost made the playoffs. They were relatively close. So clearly, that's the best coaching job uh, because of that. I think the second best coaching job here. It's a little tougher for me to decide that. I want to say I've got my answer. Unless- this is tough for me. I, I think it might. There, there's two good ones. I think on it's got to be the Chargers. Okay. I think the Chargers are a respectable team. You still have a good quarterback. You have a good running back. 
And then you have some playmakers. I, I would go with the Chargers as, as the next best team. But I think it's worth noting that the 49ers have an extremely high draft pick okay. uh, where you might have some say in who you get to pick if you like one of the quarterbacks here. Uh, the kid from UNC looks really good as a pro-style quarterback. So I think it depends on how much say you might have as the head coach. But I'm going to go. So I, I agree that those are the, the top two or three. Broncos is definitely number one for the mm-hmm. reasons you yeah, mentioned. Yeah. I just say pure defense. Like all you need is a quarterback. Yeah. Just draft a quarterback. That's the only piece they're missing. You just yeah. have to be good enough to draft the best quarterback you see on the board. Yeah. And you've got a good shot if of you being put Dak at Prescott making the playoff. Team. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I think the second best is the Jags. I don't think um, Bortles is is coming along the way he should. I don't mind if you drop him for a new quarterback, but the Jags are a team that have very low expectations, but are not a laughing stock. Mm-hmm. The the Bills and the 49ers were definitely laughing stock this year. Yeah. They're they're I, I think when your team is bad, that's I mean it sucks, but when your organization is bad, that's way worse. Yeah. When you when you're the people above you are making bad decisions, when when you just can't run a football organization rather than just have a bad on-field product, that's way worse. Um and you're not going to get anything done as a head coach with the Bills GM who just got fired and the 49ers who have no idea what they're doing in the coaching carousel and, and and Colin Kaepernick and all this all this stuff. So I think the Jags are good. The Chargers are obviously another good one. Mm-hmm. Rams in LA is a flashy job. I think that if you yeah. if you make the Rams good, that'd be sweet. Right, right. But I think the the Jags are a get in there. If you win seven games, eight games, yeah, you're you're gonna keep your job right. and you're gonna continue to build at a fan at a fan base pretty under the radar. Yeah, you're, Gus, you're, Gus Bradley lasted kind of a while there. Exactly. Yeah. You're, you're kind of just going to float under the radar because everyone expects them to be a little below average. Right. They always have high expectations and don't perform. So I think if you can just outperform average at mm-hmm. the Jags, you're going to be a head coach for a yeah. long time. Also worth noting, the Jags have by far the most winnable division out of this group. Correct. So that division is horrible. So, <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, the quarterbacks you're going against in that division. Terrible. Brock Osweiler, Andrew Luck. Worst quarterback. And... Uh, 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 oh, t- and Tennessee actually had a Tennessee looks like they're on the up, but Tennessee I, still, looks like they're on the up. They're still not a team that they're, they're nothing like the other teams. Other the divisions that these other teams have to play against are much better. They, right. they all have they all have a lot of good teams. Those yeah. divisions. So so yeah, that, that's a uh, that's we'll it. See. So coaching well, coaching we'll, openings. And we'll have more to talk about that after bowl season because yeah. I'm sure a lot of these head coaches that are coaching in these major bowls are going to be yeah. considered and they right. always are. So we'll, we'll kind of find out where that goes. Yeah, some, some getting poached from college and some potentially going back to college, like guys like Chip Kelly from the NFL who have not worked out, could be headed back to the college scene. Uh, maybe could do a little swap with some of these. If any of these big name college coaches at the big programs get poached, then probably will. those programs might go after a guy like Chip Kelly. But yeah. uh, either way, so that wraps up sports and we move to the last topic, which is pop culture. So, uh, I'll let you start this one. Sure. So I found a um, a new podcast called Crime Town, and I, we don't usually promote podcasts <laughs> on the podcast, but I think this one was a really good one. Um, Crime Town is a, a long form podcast where where there's going to be uh, multiple episodes. There's at least six so far, um, and each season is going to be a different crime in a different town. And this season was Providence, Rhode Island. Um, they're not even done with the season. There's there's only six episodes, and they're coming back in in mid January. It's very well done. It's very well edited. They have like the background noise. Like if someone says he got out of the car, you'll hear like a, a car shut. Yeah. So it, it's very easy to visualize what's happening. The interviews with people are spectacular. There's no there's no bleeps. There's no edits. It's just pure Italian mobsters talking on the radio. And you can tell. It's, it's pretty incredible yeah. that they got these guys to say what they're saying. Yeah. Um, so 
it's very well done. I, I like the way it they they piece it together. Each episode is something different. Like one episode was a major heist that happened and how it was related to these two guys. And then the next episode is how these two guys got to the mob. And the next episode is is how the family, the patriarcha, the, the, the mob family in Providence is structured and blah, blah, blah. So each episode is very unique. Um, and I, I liked it a lot. I, I'm still, I'm going to wait till we finish it before giving it a rating, but uh, I liked it a lot. Yeah. And those come out w- once a week, I think. Honestly, I don't know. I just yeah. downloaded all six right. for the ride up to, to Sugarloaf Mountain this weekend. And we listened to all six. So I'm assuming every week, but they're on a break right now. Right, right. Cool. Yeah, it, yeah. So Unlike I, us, I think who back, never like, takes breaks. We don't take breaks. No, no, except for the last week. <laughs> but we've only ever taken a one-week break. Yeah, we've never taken a two-week break. So This this extremely popular, highly paid podcast is already taking like, a Yeah, week. we'll see you guys in a month. At least taking a month break. Yeah. So, But I agree. I don't have much to add to your review, but I, I, I also listened to the second half of it, uh, this, only the last few episodes, but uh, I do think it was, you know, it's, it's cool. It, it's the way it's put together. It's... It's uh, it has some. I had, I had asked you this before listening. It has some similarities to Serial. It's not as, it's not as uh, as really structured around this central storyline. You know, like like it's not like as step by step as Serial was. Um, but it does have some similarities in the way it plays interviews and things like that. Um, the editing is great. So they recreated some of the interviews that were hard to hear, and it was awesome. It was it was really cool the way they did it. They played the beginning and end of a clip, so you could hear it was actually the true audio, but like you can barely hear what it says. And they had some actor or something like some voice actor recreated. So it was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, that, that's that's that. And you mentioned that you listened to that on the way to Sugarloaf, which is the next topic, the Sugarloaf Mountain Experience. We were there. Before that, I have some breaking news. Oh, breaking news. Um, I just saw on, the, on ESPN that Matt Patricia was requested, that Chargers requested. Chargers. Yeah. Okay, cool. I, I had actually read that, uh, I think it's Tuesday. Actually, it's probably, uh, maybe it's either today or tomorrow. But the Patriots apparently... Whenever they, which it's again, it's happened pretty frequently, as you mentioned, but whenever they have a first round buy, they actually structure a day into their first week where they have the buy to let their coordinators and coaches who are, who get interview requests do their interviews in one day. So that way they're not disrupting everything. The fact (laughs) that I I agree, I heard (laughs) the fact that the Patriots have that built in as a process, as a process is the worst thing I've ever heard in my life, <laughs> and I'm so upset that I heard it. It's 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 great for the employees. It's it's employee. It's great. It's being fair, no, it's to, great it's being fair to the employees. It's great for you, Derek. It's so great. It's, it's just <laughs> giving, them, giving them the opportunity to advance their careers. Um, so Sugarloaf, <laughs> Sugarloaf Mountain. Um, we were there over the over the New Year's weekend. Um, what'd you think? I loved it. I mean, that's our second time there, so this is. Nothing new. It wasn't like we a brand new mountain, but there were a lot of trails open. Uh, we got a ton of snow. 14, yeah, 14, 21, the 21 night, inches. The night before, yeah. 21 inches. So apparently the ride up for them was not the greatest. Miserable. Uh, I took the, the ride up the next day, which was fine. Um, but the snow on Saturday was spectacular. The whole mountain was, was powdery and groomed. It was, it was awesome. Um, Sunday was a little icy. They uh, only opened two of the lifts. One of the generators broke, but... The mountain itself is amazing. The I mean, Maine is cool. I, I overall, I love I love Sugarloaf. It's a great, it's a great mountain. Yeah, me too. Second time we've been there. Um, you know, I, I think now comparing that to some of the other mountains we've been to, I think there's a lot of variety there. You have a bunch of different options. Um, it's good. It's got a it's got a great lodge, a great uh, pro shop, as you guys saw. Um, with uh, exploring all the different things they have available there, so lots of stuff. Good um, ball. They have good opera ski at the Widowmaker. They do great yeah. nachos. 
Yeah, and and you know they have a nice shuttle that brings you to you know different. There's a bar down the street that the shuttle will bring you to. So uh, it's not a it's not a really dense area with a bunch of stuff to do, but there's they bring you to some of the stuff that you can do. So um, it's pretty cool. So good weekend uh, in Sugarloaf for the second straight year. Uh, so that was a success. And then we have your news, right? Taco Bell news. That's yeah. That's what I was thinking. I, um, I so I do have Taco Bell news. Everyone's seen the commercial for. Oh, nice. I said it again. You did say it again, right. yeah. So everyone's seen the commercial where um, it's uh, Order Envy, where the people are looking at the other people ordering and they don't have Order Envy. Here's the new thing. Um, and the new thing is a double stack taco, and there's three different ones. There's the sweet and spicy, uh, crunchy habanero. No, there's sweet and spicy, crunchy taco, and cool habanero. There's there's three. I tried one on the way up because that's a tradition of ours. Whenever we go skiing, I, we didn't do it together this year, but... <laughs> Maybe it's a tradition of mine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> get Taco Bell on, either on the way up or the way back of skiing because there's none in Boston. So I got it. Just tried the cool habanero one. Spectacular. 90% Steve Nichols avocado. Wow. Certified guac. Very, very good. It's a regular taco um, with a hard taco, regular hard taco with all, all the, the fillings and toppings with wrapped in a soft taco with the cool habanero sauce inside mm. that. So you get this awesome creamy sauce. The taco doesn't fall apart when you're eating it, but you still get the crunch of the hard taco. Mm. All all your favorite Taco Bell ingredients. One dollar. Wow. One dollar. Wow. Yeah. So it, it's rave reviews from from the the new double stack tacos. I'm looking forward to trying the next two. Wow. That sounds exciting. That's it was exciting. One dollar. Yeah. That's crazy. You have nothing to say because you did not try I, it. We didn't. I didn't. I wasn't there. So. So just you're gonna have to trust me. Yeah, I trust you. I, I trust that judgment. Although I I don't really like really spicy so habanero sounds it, like it's spicy habanero usually is like very very spicy and this was not spicy at all. okay yeah cool so that's that it brings us to the final drive what do you want to do you want to go first you want to go second i'm gonna go, go third? <laughs> third i'm gonna go second second okay uh, i'm gonna go first i was gonna do new year's resolution but i'm i changed my mind i'm not gonna do oh, that what um right, don't really don't really well so i don't really have a new year's resolution um you okay, know, go ahead. I just try to make myself better every day. Okay, so, wow, that's great. You know, um, so instead, my final drive is going to be um, a little bit of NBA. We didn't have any NBA, so um, I'm going to make a pitch. About, I'm going to make a biased pitch. Uh, Isaiah Thomas this year should be starting point guard in the East. Now, uh, before you all freak out for on me game? for the All Star game, now before you all freak out on me, I'm not making the argument that Isaiah is better than Kyrie Irving. That's not the that's not the argument of the All Star game. The, the I think that. I think that we've fallen into a popularity contest for a while of the All-Star game rather than giving it to the person who's having the best year. In the East, Isaiah's having the best year of all the point guards. Um, now, th I read that there's a there's a change in the way they do the All-Star voting now and that the fan vote is only half of what gets factored in to the All-Star vote and the other half is players and coaches. So I believe the idea behind that is to get the most deserving people in there. For example, like Carmelo Anthony probably shouldn't be starting in the All-Star game despite the fact that he's the biggest name because he's really not having as good of a year. Um, Fair. So things like that. Uh, that's my that's my pitch. Isaiah had 52 points on Friday night. Uh, little fun fact: he had 29 points in the fourth quarter, which was two points shy of the NBA record. Wilt Chamberlain had 31 points in the fourth quarter in his 100 point game. Wow! And that's the NBA record. And Isaiah came two points shy of it. Uh, so an unbelievable fourth quarter performance. Uh, all of that said, some of the guys out west, you know, put Isaiah's numbers to shame. Russell Westbrook and James Harden, in particular. Um, but again, those are in the Western Conference, so they can fight it out. They'll be the starting backcourt probably in the West. Um, in the East, I'm, I'm saying it. He should be the starting point guard, um, not a backup. He should be starting. So that's that. That's that's I that's fair assessment. Yeah. But over Kyrie is the 
it, it's and, and again, yeah, it's not. I'm not saying he's better than Kyrie, but he is having a better year than Kyrie, numbers wise, and you know, just in general. So okay, and you and that'll help break the cycle of of popularity contest. Yeah, well, well, I mean, the rule, the the change they made. We'll see how it goes this year because I think that if the change implements correctly, then the, the player and coaches vote should give him that. But we'll see. Cool. So. All right, well, mine is the New Year's resolution because that's what we had written down. So <laughs> I don't have anything to change it to. Um, my New Year's resolution this year, and it's I'm actually going to treat it as a January resolution because okay. I, I figure that's you're more likely to do it for all of January than you are to do it for the entire year or yeah. even half of January if you just say yeah. it. So my January resolution is, and hopefully becomes a habit and I continue to do it, is flexibility. I'm going to stretch every single morning, wake up 15 minutes earlier than I usually do, and stretch. Uh, I'm gonna try to do yoga maybe twice a week. I've, I've started doing yoga like twice a month, maybe up that to twice a week. But the stretching every morning is is certainly gonna be my, and that'll help me get up earlier. Maybe have a nice breakfast. Maybe hopefully change yeah. some other things. But flexibility. Everyone does the get to the gym, lose weight, exercise more. I I figured if it's gonna be a January resolution, I I don't need to be crammed in a gym with a ton of people. I'm just gonna stretch every morning. So. Easy. Yeah. It's not hard. Um, we'll see. I'll, I'll update the podcast listeners <laughs> as we go, and maybe I'll be able to touch my toes by the end of the year. <laughs> there you go. So that is a that's an attainable January goal. Touch so, my toes. Touch your toes. <laughs> New Year's resolution is to touch my toes. <laughs> um, so that's that. Anything else? Anything we want to add? How'd you like the morning podcast? I'm gonna be honest. I didn't love it. Okay. I'm a little like tired. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm tired too. Um, so. but I like. Being up early, it's yeah. it's helpful for I'm gonna go stretch right yeah, now. So right, I'm, right. I'm up before work. I'm gonna go to work. Yeah, you're gonna go to work. Uh, it's good. I, I it's not great, but it's good. <laughs> okay, that's the review. <laughs> How well, do you think? What do you think? I, I think it's good. I think it's good. Well, so I was a little bit more awake than you because I, I got up earlier to be driven to be driven in. So like my so my brother gets up. Uh, he's working construction and he gets up at uh, he leaves before five. So. So I left my house in uh, on the South Shore today before five o'clock. So I was I, I'm I've been awake for a while. I'm so I'm not as tired. So you're woke. I'll be tired tonight. I'm woke. <laughs> I'm woke. <laughs> yes. So if you're in a podcast in the morning, you have to be woke. You so have to be woke. That's that. Um. All right. That's it. Episode forty eight in the books. We're getting closer to fifty. We got up two we weeks. We gotta get some clips. We gotta get some clips. So please, uh, last call to everybody else. Please help us get clips. Because uh, we need to get some. Just so, listen to a funny episode. Listen to, listen to an episode. All, they're all funny. Listen to an episode and just give us the timestamps of what times in the episode you were like, oh, that was funny. And then we'll put those clips in. That's all we need. That's all we need. Alrighty, that's it. 48. We'll see you guys next week. Episode 49. Happy New Year. Later days. <laughs>